0: In the season finale of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing Inter season overall. We'll be naming the best Inter player, the worst one, the best signing, the worst one. David Amoyal here to answer all your Mercato questions. The Moji Moratti and uh, frog of the season and much, much more. Everything here on studio. Inter only on sempreinter.com se ne va largo dalla destra. Il tiro, la corta. goal! 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 A goal! 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 goal!
1: gol, 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 Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo Per Zamolano che
0: gira bene al centro Attenzione, il destro, violentissimo E' lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter L'Inter vince Edillo, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni
1: d'Europa I più forti siamo noi
0: Benvenuti, bentornati, to the season finale of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavali ruzzari and uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Mr. Max DeLuca to our show. How are you holding up there?
2: I'm doing well, Nima. How about yourself?
0: I'm good. You're sounding much better than you have these past few weeks.
2: Yeah, um, no congestion. Uh, The season's finally over, and now (laughs) we can move on with the Mercado. So... It's times all around.
0: I gotta tell you, I, I feel that exact same feeling. It's finally over because it's been like, like a long. You know, you know, with those band-aids, you pull really slowly. It's been like that since August, basically, for me. So I'm really happy the season is over. And uh, speaking of the positivity, we've got Mr. What a time to be alive, Mr. Mohammed Nasser.
3: <laughs> What's up guys It's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a, a pretty torrid run Since the last time I, I, I uh, said that line But you know, let's see Maybe there's a silver lining
1: after all
0: <laughs> Well I'm sure if there is one You'll be able to find it And laughing in the corner there Is our favourite commentator Mr. Eduardo Ramonte
1: Hello everyone Brilliant line I, I'm going to have to start suppressing laughter already uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant work Brilliant work <laughs>
0: Right, and we also got a special guest who basically has broken our Twitter feed and our Facebook comments, Uh, Mr. David Amoyal, the English manager of uh, the DiMarzio page. Welcome, David.
4: It's great to be on, Nima. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you guys.
0: Oh, it's good to have you on. And as I said, I'm not even kidding. I've, I've actually counted. I told you it was 50 questions. I've got actually 70 questions for you. <laughs> but I'm not going to go through them all because we'll, be, we'll, awesome. we'll be here for like three hours. But, so we're very grateful that you're here. But let's kick things off with uh, Inter beat uh, Udinese in what can it best be called a holiday kickabout, really. Um, and it, there's not much to talk about uh, that game other than... Perisic uh, and and his goal and his two assists and and his reaction afterwards which we've got a ton of questions about but let's get into interseason um as a whole um given interseason on a scale of 1 to 10 David could you give it a 1 to 10 uh, based uh, classic italian scale of rating 1 being the lowest ten being the highest, highest and also explain why
4: so i'm going to give Inter a 4 Um, You know, it's probably going to be higher than what you guys are going (laughs) to give. The reason I'm going to give it a four is obviously the results and the standings, you know, very disappointing. Um, I thought, you know, it's amazing how just a few months ago, you know, when Pioli went on that great win streak, I would have said that Inter was the team best suited to catch up to Juve next season. Uh, And I probably don't feel this way now, but the reason I'm not going to completely say it's a lost season is uh, the acquisition of Gallardini, who I think was absolutely brilliant. You know, a lot of people, too, might be a little bit upset about Inter maybe not off to a very fast start this summer. Uh, But they went out of their way to anticipate Gagliardini's arrival to enter instead of what Juve did with Caldara. So I'm going to give him an extra point just for bringing Gagliardini in sooner and his excellent contributions to the team. Mm. Great.
0: Um, What about you? What do you you guys say? Eduardo, one to ten?
1: Uh, Three and a half. (laughs) So uh, we're in the same ballpark, basically. We're in the ballpark of you got a red card and you know the highest you can really get in that in Italy is a four realistically unless it was really unfair or really late or you scored three goals and had a great game anyway so yeah no it's not happening Um, three and a half and yeah I agree with um, David's points Uh, I think obviously that extra half being taken off has to do with me being a fan but uh, I mean if you look at it uh, you look at a season in context as well and you think that last year Inter sort of challenged for a while and then sort of precipitously dropped off, you'd have thought, well, all of this money being spent we should have improved. Uh, you know, coming forth again, no shame in that, but you could have at least come forth and been close and you could kind of argue that was progress. Instead it's been uh you know, you end up coming lower than Milan, you end up coming lower than a bunch of teams that you spent a whole lot more money uh on players van. Uh, the club's been a complete mess. I mean what even makes it worse was the interseason started effectively the day that roberto mancini uh left the club which immediately you know i was on a holiday like i was in i was in santorini when i heard that and I just, I just went oh my god they've done it again i was actually quite giddy for the season despite you know all the friendlies and whatnot but no complete disaster unfortunately and the seven game streak kind of makes it worse because it makes you think that this team could potentially do something and then all of that just brings the whole house down
0: uh, it's hard to disagree with that, but uh, Max, uh, what about you? Are you going to go as high as three and a half?
2: No, you know what? I'm actually I'm rereading John Foote's uh, beautiful book about calcio, and he has uh, La Pagela ratings here, and I'm just reading it. And I'm going to give it a five, um, just because we beat Juve this, this year. <laughs> um, we did, remember that? That seems like a million years ago. Um, we had that... Uh, Great seven-game Serie A winning streak, and we were—I think—we were five to seven points behind uh, Roma, getting ready to go uh, for what we thought was a Champions League charge, and then uh, we proceeded to go on an eight-game winless run. So that's classic Inter for me. Um, After kind of leading the the Serie A table under Mancini uh, at the Christmas break last year, um, we finished 29 points behind Juventus, so a big step back. So I'm going to give it a five.
0: Uh, well, if if Max is so positive, giving a five, what is Mister <laughs> Positivity himself, Mo Nasser, going to give it? A ten?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think. Uh, I think uh, the rating is contingent upon what happens on summer as well. So there's no doubt that the squad that ended this season is is stronger than the squad that ended last season. So regardless of what the results have been and, and the turmoil with the coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we have, we are in possession of a better squad than 12 months ago by by miles. Even if Perisic goes, it seems like there's a comprehensive plan on who's to replace him and and, and what other uh, reinforcements are going to come in. But the critical thing is, uh, this season will only be judged at the end of the the, uh, the, the summer break, where we see. Has has and the new manager come in and, and built on what little has been accomplished in terms of squad building? Uh, does the team look like it looks look like it knows each other better? Do they play better over summer, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So I, I, I'm I'm between a four and a five. I, I definitely don't think the season's a write-off. It's disappointing that we didn't. I mean. Even the most optimistic of us, uh, you know, had their uh, hopes shattered and, you know, we can't really look back and say it's been a wonderful season. But uh, in terms of squad building, I think uh, I got to give it somewhere between a four and a five.
0: You see, I can't give I can't give it anything more than a three because the simple for for the simple fact that, yeah, we have a better squad on paper this year than we had last year. But the very sheer fact that you ruined the entire season in August, I mean, we usually, Inter fans, we usually say that the season's over in September or sorry, December or January. This year, the season was over before it started, with that idiotic appointment of Frank De Boer, who is probably as Marcotti, when he it, was a guest on our show, said that he doubted he'd even watched the Serie a in his life at all, given some of the tactical choices he made. I mean, <laughs> it was such an idiotic thing to do. And, and to me, that just kind of ruined everything. It didn't, didn't matter who the, who the players were, because it was a complete new group of players, uh, and you had a coach who never coached in the city, A, and that kind of, you know, that, that just, that's just an idiotic move. And, and it's been like, you know, and, and then, well, out of that, you can say something good came out of it, uh, and that's the fact that Tahir was kind of put aside, because it was his choice to, to bring in De Boer. They got rid of all the Tahir people. Suning's basically took over, you know, Inter's under new management now. Uh, and Suning has take, taken over everything. Today, uh, Gabriele Oriali is uh, accepted, apparently, to come uh, after the under 21 uh, European Championships. He got Sabatini in place. It seems uh, it's talk of Stephen Zhang becoming the administratore delegato, the CEO of Inter. So I think it's finally coming to place, but I just wish that they would have done it in June already when they took over. Now, you know, instead of. Because this season has just been a complete waste. But And that's just what I'm judging it on, how this season has been. Uh, but I am much more positive moving forward uh, than I've ever been, uh, because I think that we finally have this revolution that Inter fans have been waiting for for almost a decade now. I think that's actually, actually on its way. I think this summer is going to happen. A lot of things are going to happen, both on and off the pitch. And I think it's about time damn time. Um, Eduardo?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, yeah, even... I mean, I, I agree, the squad is better, uh, especially the Gagliardini acquisition, but I would also say that it's still, in my opinion, nowhere near properly even competing with Napoli and Roma, quite frankly. There are just holes in mm. there, and we've discussed them many times, and the thing is, it's not a, 12, a 12-month uh, transfer sort of window, even though that would be hilarious. Um, it isn't. Like it's thirty eight games and then, you know thirty eight games, it was heart attacks, there were plenty of disappointments. Even the win against Juve, it was bookended by going to um or was it, it was bookended by drawing at home against Bologna and then not long after that you lose to Cagliari. It's just like oh whatever.
0: Hapuel Bersheva, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh David, go I'm sorry? Sorry, you wanna you wanna say something? I I thought you wanted to
4: No, I really enjoyed uh, hearing the answers. I think it's a really good point on, you know, every time I try to think, you know, how is Inter or another team going to, you know, get back to the Champions League, you have to ask yourself which of the teams that's currently in it is going to take a step down. And I totally agree. You look at Napoli... Um, clearly, I have a better squad than Inter, so I, I just thought that was a really insightful answer.
0: Oh, cool. Right, speaking of uh, you, it was something that both you and um, uh, Eduardo have been touching on, uh, Gagliardini. Um, let's, let's move on to that point. Uh, who do you think has been the best Inter player throughout the season, David? Do you think it's been Gagliardini? And what rate would you well, give Well,
4: you know, he only has a half season, and I thought, you know, he was brilliant for the most part. I think, you know, it seemed to me every player on Inter pretty much took a nosedive in their performances once the Champions League was no longer an option. And it almost makes me wonder if they just absolutely didn't want to play in the Europa League. So definitely, I think, for the second half of the season, Gallardini was the best. Overall, you'd still have to give it to Icardi, to me, for the whole season. You know, his goal and assist totals continue to be really, really impressive, especially when you consider that Inter didn't make uh, the Champions League once again. So he'd be my choice for the whole season and Gagliardini for a specific stretch.
0: I have to move it on to Eduardo there because your dad absolutely hates uh, Icardi. So um, I have to. Do you, agree, do you agree with David or do you agree with daddy?
1: Oh, I'm really happy someone agrees with me on this one. Yeah, I think it's Icardi stand out because um, this is a point I want to make on another occasion, but I think two games are a small sample in which to say, oh, Inter Milan play so much better with Adair, uh, especially these two bookend of season games. And I think part of the reason why Icardi gets on people's nerves is because it doesn't look like he's getting involved enough. But I think the team is actually not necessarily putting him in the right positions. And I think that, yeah, when he's been given the chance, he has scored... Incredible goals, and he's scored many goals. Uh, the assists prove that people are actually terrified of him once he's in the box. And yeah, um, K- Candreva was much closer to him as a candidate after the first half of the season. And he's regressed in the second one. Uh, Perisic, I was expecting more from, even though I think that he's probably second. Yeah, Gallardini half a season, so you can't really put him in there. Uh, I think a disappointment, but not obviously the worst player, but a disappointment in Miranda, and I get the vague feeling that he saw the rest of the defence crumble around him. and uh, So he we just went, oh, whatever. Uh, and probably otherwise Handanovic. But yeah, no, Icardi for me, number one. And there's not much doubt about it. At least not in my mind, obviously.
0: Max, uh, do you agree? Icardi, is, is, he, is he the best inter-player overall of the season?
2: I agree with uh, David and Idu. I kind of want to take someone different. But uh, I don't want to take someone different just for the sake of it. I mean, um, you have to remember, it was a tumultuous season for Icardi. Um, the Curve of Nord cheered when he missed the penalty against Caleri, That whole book controversy. Um, people <laughs> yeah. wanting him, yeah, right. right. People <laughs> wanting him stripped of the captaincy. People saying he's not fit to be the captain. And what does he do? He goes goes out and scores 24 Serie A goals. goals. Yeah, I think it was impressive. He's he's just gonna get better. He has to be.
0: That's so um, insane. It,
2: yeah, like we forget that it seemed happened so long ago. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, He's kind of growing into the captaincy, and there's some clamoring uh, from uh, the deep corners of the internet uh, that uh, (laughs) we should strip him of his captaincy, but that's just bonkers. I mean, he's maturing with every passing week, in my opinion. You see,
0: I got to agree with that. I think it's hard to, to, to. I think this season has kind of been very. Typical of how Icardi's entire tenure at Inter has been since signing for Sampdoria. It's been chaos, it's been mayhem, but he still scores regularly. And that's really impressive. And he's also improved, his, his as David alluded to, his assist uh, side and his, assisting, his, his, his assist game and build-up. And to me, the guy's only 23 years old. He's just going to improve. So for me, I think it's impossible to say that it's anyone else. Mo, do you have anyone else or you agree with um, the Icardi?
3: No, I definitely agree with uh, with Icardi for sure. I just think that uh, for me, uh, we—I uh, can't remember if it was Edo or uh, or David who mentioned that uh, Perisic. For me, Perisic as well. Uh, yeah, he's he's whenever he's been on the, the bench and has come on, he's always been a difference maker. He's worked very very hard. Disappointing at times, but if there's another person that stood out uh, after Icardi, for me it was uh, was Perisic as well. So, so yeah. But all in all, I agree with everything. <laughs>
0: Great. Well, I, I don't think we're all going to agree on the next point. And I was going to say, who do you, who who we think has been Inter's worst per- performer this season? And I think I know who Mohamed Nassar and people who listen to this show uh, <laughs> know exactly who Mo thinks has been the worst performer. C- could it be a certain? That's Sloven- not true, Could it be a certain Slovenian no, no, goalkeeper? <laughs> no. no, no, he's
3: the most frustrating for me, but definitely not the worst.
0: Okay, who do you think? There are, the are
3: far, far bigger terrors in the. Uh... <laughs> Okay, into well, roster
0: we'll p- pick, it, it's got to be
3: a, it's a toss up between uh, Nagatomo and Ansaldi really
0: <laughs> I can't disagree I, with that I can't disagree yeah, with that yeah it's
3: these two guys have really gone out of their way to really stand out you know <laughs> in shocking disappointing fashion it's, mm. it's been abysmal abysmal from them all season long
0: uh, David, who do you think has been the worst one? Do we agree with the Ansaldi Nagatomo thing?
4: So I think uh, I really enjoyed the answers. I'm going to pick Ansaldi, and the reason I say that is I actually on paper thought it was a very good move for Inter when they signed him. I thought he was good at Genoa, had international experience. I liked that he could play at Genoa at least well on both sides, and at Inter he's been absolutely terrible. I, I just can't. I, I can't even recognize the player, and on top of it all. Inter lost Laxalt in that deal, and he turned out to be one of the best left-backs in Serie A, so uh, couple it with that, I'm going to have to pick him as the worst. I really expected a lot more. Um, I agree a lot with uh, what someone mentioned about Kandreva. I actually thought he was very good in the first half of the season. And then after that, just an absolute disaster. I don't know if he ran out of gas, but I feel like he's probably still crossing the ball to nobody right now, even (laughs) after the season (laughs) ended. I, I, I don't know what. So, and look, you know, this is coming from someone that usually really rates Candreva, but, um, yeah, I'm going to say Ansaldi overall for the season and Candreva for the second half because I, I definitely expected more from him. Um, I think, you know, Candreva can still be salvaged, especially if Spalletti comes. I know we'll get into that later. I think he'd be valuable in that system, but he really, really was poor in the second half.
0: Mm. Max?
2: Uh, I'm tired to disagree with, uh, with the Ansaldi answer. Uh, I expected much, much more out of him. Agree wholeheartedly with David. But I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Brozovic. Just not because of his on field. Pl- yeah, just because of his. Attitude. His, uh, uh, attitude. Uh, his terrible attitude, his small time mentality, his body language. He's a diva. I, I didn't appreciate uh, his actions on the field. Every time he got subbed off, he would sulk. Uh, when he sabotaged us with the handball, ball. Brozovic for me has been the, the worst center player, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of. I've got to agree with you there. Brozovic for me, too. Because of his attitude and the negativity and you, you remember in the beginning of the season where he was excluded from the squad when he were, was really pissed poor behavior to De Boer. Uh and uh, he was kind of he was banned for a bit and he had to apologize to the team uh when De Boer said no one's bigger than Inter and and and, and I I gotta say I, I'm not I'm really happy to get to, to for him to leave. Uh Eduardo, what about you?
1: Oh yeah, Brozovich definitely probably the biggest disappointment. Um and the thing is, what's even worse, but I won't have him as the worst player, Just, even though I think it's a fascinating point, um, I don't think necessarily the damage he did was on the pitch. As in, he had quite a f- few games that I would have defined as at least acceptable level. The problem was that when he got himself dropped because he played badly, he never really like made a convincing case to be put back in the team. So it's like, not so much damage on the pitch as off it, uh, beyond obviously all the stuff that you guys talked about, the fact that he couldn't even... And that drags in Gabby Gold as well to an extent. Yes. Because you wonder to what extent. How is it the three different managers are like, nah, I'll play a 35-year-old Argentinian guy who can't even see the goal anymore because he's got cataracts.
4: <laughs> like, we're talking
1: that kind of... But otherwise, probably the worst performer. Nagatomo, I'm just going to exclude, just because he thankfully didn't get to play that much, but watching him play was an absolute... Tragedy, but I'm going to go with Murillo because he was supposed to improve, he was supposed to be the second centre back, and instead he saw Gary Medell eat into his playing time. He, you know, not an abject player, clearly more talented than a bunch of those guys, but he's not whipped it out, for want of a better expression. I'm going to go for Jason, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a lot of candidates for that one, <laughs> for the worst interplayer of the season, which, yeah. kind of, which kind of also sums up <laughs> inter-season pretty well. Uh, but David, you said Ansaldi is the worst because uh, we're moving on to the worst inter signing of the year. Do you want to go with uh, you want to go with Ansaldi then? I take it.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, actually, I take that back. I mean, if you look at the money spent, there would have to be João Mario and Gabigol. Um, I forget who said this, but I thought it was brilliantly put on Twitter, you know, with all the Patty Siege rumors. Like the problem isn't so much selling Patty Siege for forty, fifty million. The problem is then turning around and spending that money on João Mario and <laughs> You know, if they do that again. And and you know, to, to me that makes a lot of sense. And look, you know, on paper, uh, those were moves that you would have thought would have paid off because João Mario was very good at the Euro, was linked to some top clubs and didn't work out at all at Inter. You wonder now if he's part of the long term plan. Same for Gabigol. So you know, Ansaldi's definitely struggled on the pitch, but these two other guys, despite the huge sums, especially uh, especially Gabigol, didn't get on the pitch. So I'll say those to me are are worse signings in that sense.
0: I gotta agree with you, Rick Gabigol. Uh, I was I was kinda choosing between the Ansaldi because of because of a Laksalt one. But to me Gabigol I mean, it's not just the fact that they paid 30 million for him. It's the fact that it's some, there seems to be something wrong here. He must. I don't know what he's done. I mean that that thing where last week when or two weeks ago when when uh, Piero Ausilio thought he was speaking off the record, but in fact he was speaking on the record, and those comments <laughs> and those comments he made about Gabigol, I mean. I don't know. To, to me, that's got, there's something wrong here. The, the, I don't know what he's done to, to the management, but they are not happy with this guy. They are furious with him. And, and you can't, I mean, 30 million for a guy that's, that's played like eight games, not one from, not, not, not 90 minutes for one single game scored, one important goal away against Bologna. For me, it can't be anyone but Gabigol. Can't be. Max.
2: Yeah, I've got a goal and it's all written down, but uh, let's not forget about Canna uh, Erkin. Yeah, we signed him <laughs> in, in June. Let him go by August for me. I mean, that's just classic Inter right there, right?
0: Like, what a Mickey Mouse club. Canna <laughs> Erkin, he's an absolute legend. There's a guy on Twitter, uh, Eden Dusty. shout out to him. He's got this amazing tweet that where we he was like, he put out basically. Canon Erking played for Inter for three months. Didn't play. Didn't play a single game in a single training match. <laughs> it was. I mean, that's that's just amazing, isn't it? That's classic Inter. Um, right, Eduardo. Uh, who do you think has been into worth signing?
1: Yeah. So completely on board with Gabi Gol, um, and it's kind of been made worse by uh, I guess Kia's role and the fact that. A journalist I like called uh, Alberto Di Vita sort of basically went out and said, what a coincidence, now that uh, Sabatini comes in, Ausilio says all those things, and yeah, this little document gets leaked as well with details of an intermediary who basically works for Kia, earning a whole four million in commissions off the Gold deal. Uh, you're kind of going like, eh, who leaked that, I wonder. And mm-hmm. yeah, but, but the Joel Mario thing David mentioned was uh, eye-opening, because I think that in general he's played... He's shown signs of promise, so I would have never included him. But yeah, how did a guy like that end up getting bought for forty-two million? Because yeah, there's you know you'd expect to spend that money on somebody who's you know actually good has already confirmed it. least Gagliardini was more of a gamble because he came here on the back of seven or no eight Serie A games, and he's done, I think, a lot more to cement his role. And to, I think this guy has future club legend in his DNA. I could be wrong. Uh, very much so. I'm often wrong, but with João Mario, I go, I've got no idea what this guy can become. The talent's there, but I have no clue. If it's the guy we saw in the Milan derby for the first 45 minutes, then yeah. If it's the guy who, I don't know, slowly sort of slowed, gradually slowed down as he was starting these games, then no.
2: He was our best player for the first three months, and then he mysteriously got frozen out of the squad when Benega came in the lineup. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's true. So, who do you think has been the worst signing?
3: Yeah, I, I, uh, I got to agree with uh, Gabigol. And, you know, we stood up for him many times in the season. Why isn't he being played? Pure only come on, have some courage, put him in. But like we said, three different managers. The guy doesn't get a, doesn't get a shot. Clearly, he's doing something wrong. Clearly, there's a problem there. Yeah, so for me, it's, uh, it's got to be Gabigol. Who do you
0: think has been um, uh, Inter's best signing? Well...
3: Uh, that's a tough one. Um, for, for, clearly it's Gagliardini so I mean there's, there's like the obvious answer is Gagliardini but uh, controversially I think uh, you know I kind of think that João Mario the, mm. the X Factor yeah the X Factor mm. <laughs> we paid a lot of money for him but the guy is the guy is a quality player and he's young and he's very very cool on the ball he, like, we, we always we always said this about Kondogbia. There's a good player in there. There's no doubt that there's a good player in there. And, and given the right conditions, he, he will develop into something very special. And that's how I kind of feel about, about uh, João Mario as well. Obviously, it's, it's Gagliardini. So, like, there's no, no discussion. I don't think any of us is going to disagree with that. But I also think the João Mario thing, despite the high price tag, despite the whole, you know, will he, will he not, if he does come good and he still can, like Kondogbia, then we're, we've got something pretty special on our hugs.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, David, who do you think is his best signing?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, the obvious answer is Gagliardini. I'm going to say um, there is a lot of good that came with the Banega signing. I know he's pretty inconsistent. I think, if anything, you know, landing a player of his caliber on a free transfer that had so many suitors, at worst, is going to be a really good plus valenza if they decide to move on from him. so you know the obvious answer is Gagliardini, but uh my second choice would be banega simply because of the financial at least you didn't spend a fortune on him like some of the other guys and you get in worst case scenario inter turns a great profit on him
2: hmm.
0: that's interesting yeah max
2: yeah Gagliardini is the obvious answer um, i agree with david as well i have uh I mean, Benaga on a free transfer. We're probably going to turn around and sell him for a nice, nice profit to a Chinese team. So, yeah, good bit I'm, of business.
0: I'm gonna obviously it's Gallardini, but I gotta I gotta say Kondriva because like yeah, he's been frustrating, but ten assists and six goals in the Serie A for having a disappointing season. That, that's that's you know I like that because that's the kind of guy that despite not having his best season. He he gets in there and he you know his lowest level is pretty still pretty damn high, and and that's, that's true. That, that's something interneed, and I and I like that about him. I mean ten assists and and six goals and two two of them in in, a, in the Derby de la Madonnina. You know that that's that's good. I like that. What about you, Eduardo?
1: Damn you! You stole my thunder. I was ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, so Il Gallia is the winner, and yeah, I would I was gonna say Canzio because. Previously, yeah, our attacking midfielders were a bit of a sinkhole of inconsistency, owing also to the fact that Roberto Mancini never knows what his best eleven is and will always change it, or we'll even switch wings for, for the fun of it. Uh, but yeah, all of a sudden having a guy who at least gives you a certain baseline, who was you know doing very well in the, uh, her first half of the season, I almost I, I believe that there's a great extent to him being you know bad with his uh, final delivery and decision making but there's also an element of I didn't think that Inter necessarily had the complex tactics like they weren't necessarily giving him that many tactical options and he didn't have I guess your archetypal it's quite kind of scary thing to say about Acardi, but I don't think it's his thing to receive sort of crosses in the box he's not tall enough to be like Jekyll basically um so, but yeah, Kandreva was still a big difference compared to having Jaich and Jovetic and this guy and that guy and a little bit of Bjar and a little bit of, you know, my <laughs> uncle Ronald, at least... A little you bit of you.
0: Monica in my side, a little bit of... Sorry. <laughs> I
2: sorry,
1: actually know two girls called Sandra and Rita were friends <laughs> and I have that a few times with them.
0: Oh God, <laughs> sorry,
1: <laughs> no, I have no, to, no.
0: I'm, I'm childish, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... Right, um, yeah, uh, I thought before we get into the uh, question for David part of the show, I thought we just quickly um, say, uh, just name who we think has been the best Italian Serie A player of the, of the year, starting with you, David.
4: Great question. So Italian player in Serie A. Some tough one. I'm going to say Bellotti, uh, because I'm, I'm actually working on my uh, most valuable player of the year for my podcast, and he seems to be the Italian guy that shows up the most. I know he kind of milled in the last few weeks of the season, but that seems to be the case for everyone at Torino, so he's my pick.
0: Mm, cool. Max, what about you?
2: Yeah, hard to disagree with uh but I'm going to go with uh, Insigne. He had a sneaky good year—17 mm. goals, eight assists. I mean, it was great. That—that's yeah. unbelievable.
0: Mm. That Tridente Napoli have has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, right, Eduardo, what about you?
1: I'm really torn because uh, a sneaky candidate could also be Bernadeschi, because he yeah. actually had a good season despite the team around him being rubbish, or well, at least playing very poorly in the second half of the season. But I, uh, yeah, it's between Belosi and Insigne, and I'm not sure. A part of me thinks Belossi was actually good at kind of dragging that team forwards when, in you know, Falke kind of stopped scoring. The IH had his sort of poor moments. A lot was going wrong for that team, actually. Um, the defense, and he was keeping, keeping it afloat. But at the same time with Insigne, you have somebody who has finally been able to string together two very, very good seasons. Superstar uh, written all over him. So, oh, it's a tough one. I, I think I'm still going to go for Bellotti just about.
3: Mo. Yeah, Bellotti for me as well. Uh, the guy's been a beast all season long. Uh, like we say, the squad's the squad he's been playing with is is definitely not uh, not strong, and yet he's he's blazed through all season long. So, oh, i to be Bellotti for me.
0: I, I can't go with anyone else other than Donnarumma, because I think some of the saves that this guy has pulled up has been... <laughs> That's true. Uh? <laughs> I mean, it, it defies the laws of physics and nature for a human being to bend that way. And, he, and he, I, I don't know. Donnarumma, for me, I think he's been absolutely magical. I mean, we know the guy was good last season, but this season he's just taking strides. And he's better than Buffon was at his age, in my opinion. So for me, it's Donnarumma. Um, the best Italian and non-Italian Serie A player of the year, um, I, for me, you know, everyone's going to say Dzeko or Dybala, or for me it's DiBala. I love this kid, I, I think that left foot of his is magical, I, I, he makes him smile, just watching him play just makes him smile, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with DiBala. although I think everyone's going to go with Jekyll. am I right David?
2: Well,
4: yeah, I mean, and this goes back to, to me, the difference between best and most valuable. I mean, you could probably argue, you know, it'd be hard to argue that DiBala is probably the most talented, maybe the best player in Serie A right now. But, you know, when I think of value, I always ask myself, OK, you take this player off this team, what's going to happen? And you take Zeko away from Roma. And it's like I, I can't even imagine where they would be in the standing. Certainly Napoli would have been ahead of them. Without them, you can make a great case for Mertens. But I also wonder if almost any striker you know, who has great attributes would do so well on the Saturday. So I know it's kind of a somewhat obvious pick, but I'm going to go with Zeko because to me, he really embodies what being valuable is all about.
0: agree. I mean, when you think about the fact that 29 league goals, only one from the penalty spot, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Max, you agree with the Zeko?
2: yeah definitely um, 29 goals after scoring 8 in his previous first year at Roma we kind of forget that his first year at Roma was a bit of a disaster but I'm glad David mentioned Mertens too because there's been some games where he's just been utterly unplayable he's produced some magical moments, so I'm glad you mentioned Mertens but Jack was the obvious choice
0: Eduardo uh,
1: mine's a little controversial Ooh. um I personally think, and social media has something to do with this, I think it's El Papu Gomez.
4: Mm. <laughs> Good
1: choice. Yeah, I like El oh, Papu. Like, okay. Bye la, great yeah, I was just going to say, because that, of that I super think, dance. <laughs> I think <laughs>
4: you can apply the same thing as Zeko. You take Papu Gomez off Atalanta, where would they be? I think that's actually a great shout. I'd take mm. him after Zeco over Martin, mm. So I, mm. I think that's actually not that controversial of a pick. Mm.
0: Ooh, thank you, <laughs>
4: Mo. What about you? Oh, sorry. I gotta get uh,
3: some Egyptians represented here on I'm, I'm <laughs> a pick <big> Salah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been, go- he's been great. He's been great. Yeah,
3: he's been uh, he's been fantastic for Roma. Like uh, after Zeko, it's been Salah all season long as well, uh, assists and goals and uh, whatever. So yeah, no. Great.
0: Well, um, who, do, who who who? Do, if we just quickly say who we think has been the best and worst signing of the year, David.
4: Overall, in Serie, a, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think Gabi Gold probably the worst. Gelmatia, <laughs> one or the other. I mean, you just look at the expense. Uh, I'd say the best. Uh, it's a good question. I'm gonna say Gagliardini for a half of the season. It didn't really impact them much in the standings. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but he'd be up there. I love Diarra for Napoli, but that's really more of a long-term thing for
2: them. Mm. Okay, Max, best and worst signing overall? Uh, probably Dani Alves, the best signing. Uh, mm. Borello too. 16 Serie A goals. Eh? Not yeah. too shabby at all. Free transfer? Caleri. Yeah, That was a yeah. nice signing. Uh, the worst, yeah. I mean, pains me to say it, but it's got the goal all the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Eduardo?
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with uh, with uh, Gabby Gol. He's been, a, yeah. Uh, it's 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 not so. Yeah, it's partly him, and yeah, obviously it says a lot about the club as well that they just go out and spend all that money. Uh, I, I was going to say if we'd done this after the Champions League final, we could have maybe said, you know, if Gonzalo Higuain were to score a winning goal in that Champions mm-hmm. League final, then it's like, oh well, yeah, you spent that money.
0: Now you, you, you know, even though I thunder. do think it. Now you stole Sorry. my thunder. Now you stole
3: my thunder
1: because I was going to. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> <There's one laughs> uh, <opportunity>. that's yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. What I do. What I do. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, he's just been. He's just been. You know, sort of still ridiculously talented, and he's he's, he's just all over it. And um, yeah, I. I don't know. It's just the money. The money aspect of it doesn't convince me because I still think it is a lot. So if you do get UV to sort of make that extra step, that take take that extra step. Excuse me, then. Uh, then uh, it's, all your, it's all his. Um, otherwise, oh, it, worst, mm.
0: who do you think has been the worst one?
1: Oh, uh, Gabigol.
0: Okay, cool.
3: Which, what about,
1: because the media coverage he was getting, and then yeah. what he's done. <laughs> but no, 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 not really, no. Yeah. It's unfair.
3: Yeah, worst, uh, I think uh, there's a general consensus. Gabigol uh, makes absolutely no sense. Crazy money, you know. So, best, it's, Really fucking pays me to say this, but it's a toss up for me between Dani Alves and Higuain.
2: Mm,
0: no, for, yeah. me, for me, it's Higuain and Gabi Right, the best coach, I think, uh, Gasperini. I mean, can we choose anyone else? Uh, I mean, finishing highest, fourth, that's uh, the highest Atalanta has finished ever. And this is a relegation candidate. I mean, can we choose anyone else, David? I'm choosing someone else.
2: Okay,
4: David? Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that someone else is going to be Simone Inzaghi. I could be wrong. I, I think you can make a great case for him. I'm still going to take Gasperini uh, just because of what he did developing those young players. Um, but also, again, I think um, Simone Inzaghi did really well. And I think Spalletti probably doesn't get as much credit for the others. I think for the past few years, she's taken Roma as far as
2: anyone realistically could. Mm.
0: Uh, so, uh, Max, is it Simone
2: Inzaghi? No way. It's David Nicola from Cratona. Nine ah, points in yeah, the first three games and then good 25 team. points in the last half of the season to keep the Calabrese <laughs> club up.
0: Well done. Good, good. job. All right, Eduardo?
1: Uh, I have Gasperini as well and otherwise Montella, actually. Mm-hmm. And Allegri's up there as well because, you know, Ju- Juventus crushed it. And, but the thing is, yeah, I guess there's nothing new in that but Montella just for doing as well with that kind of team that I mean I honestly had such a low opinion and we all did of the Milan squad and they ended up in front of us uh, otherwise Simone Inzaghi's up there as well easily um done an absolutely fantastic job I I sort of have uh, kind of quite a bit of respect as well for what Gianpaolo has done at Sampdoria um yeah but, you know just 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 really sort of Again, that squad was kind of a mess. And, you know, Linetti and Torreira, he just brought them out of absolutely nowhere. You know, you got Sheik getting slowly thrown into the mix. He managed to coax goals out of Quagliarella uh, But no, I still have Montana up there.
3: Mo? Um, again, it's uh, Juve, uh, Allegri. I think, uh, like, when you take a look at Europe and uh, how they've really developed into a world-class side, a very different different side to, uh, to the one that played against uh, Barca in the final a couple of years ago so I think the, what he's done with Mandzukic uh, his position uh, the team spirit the sacrifice that these guys uh, and the swagger that they play with in Europe I think uh, a shout out to Gasparini and, and Simone Inzaghi for sure but I think Allegri has, has done a stand-up job uh, this season and I mean we still have the final to play for, so we'll see you after that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I, I think Gasparini for me is, is just, I mean, finishing fourth with that score squ- I mean, nobody knew. And, and, and the players he's developed, I, I think it's... I, I agree, it's been it has been a lot of good candidates this year. Uh, the, the miracle at Crotone, to say the least, because that's what it is, it's a miracle. Um And also together with uh, m Collapse. Right, let's move on to to all the questions we have for Mr. David uh, Amoyal. Let's start with um, a a question from Twitter. Uh, Vince van Genuchten. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, David, should Inter take the Italian route to rebuild? Or should they throw uh, throw away money on foreign players?
4: So... I'm going to begin by saying I, I'm not someone that gets hung up on nationalities that much. It doesn't really matter to me that much what nationality you are. Granted, you know, Gagliardini um, and Candreva the first half of the season seemed to have did well and Gagliardini well in the second. But to me, that has more to do with the fact that they knew Seria a, a little bit. So more than taking the foreign route, what I think Enter should do is try to go for some proven Serie app players that know the league already. Uh, they seem in the past few years to have gone mainly for uh, players from other leagues that's been really hit or miss. So I like uh, what he's thinking, but rather than focusing so much on the nationality, I'll just say Serie A proven.
0: Hmm, nice one. Uh, we have a question again from Twitter, Adrian Tabassi. He's got actually two really interesting questions, but I'm going to go with the first one because the second one kind of ties into the question that a lot of people are asking. Anyway, um, which player between Berardi or Bernadeschi, do you think is more likely to join Inter and which player would you think would be a better fit?
4: It's a great question. So I think Berardi, like, Berardi wouldn't surprise me if he turns out like Total Di Natale and just stays at Sassuolo. He just has a very odd personality. But Di Francesco leaving maybe makes it more likely that he leaves this summer. And everything about Berardi's personality, even aside from the fact that he grew up as a big Inter fan, um, he's got Inter written all over him. If he leaves Sassuolo, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think in a lot of ways Bernardeschi, because of his personality, is more suited for a top club. But I look at Inter's relationship with Fiorentina ever since the Salah debacle. I'm just not sure how much Fiorentina is going to want to play ball with Inter. They'd probably like to sell him abroad. So, look, I think either of those signings would be really, really good. Um, It really wouldn't surprise me, especially with Padisic looking very likely to leave that one of those two is going to come to enter. And I see advantages to either of them.
0: Yeah, about, out of the 70, 80 questions we got in, I think about 20 <laughs> of them are about Ivan Perisic. So let's get into the Perisic thing. Um, how Do you think it's likely that he leaves? Uh, and... And who do you think is... Because we got a question here from David Wadzinski on Twitter who says, do you think Di Maria or Keita Baldea should, repre- should replace Perisic? Which one is more likely? We have another question on Facebook, Gabriel Kassar, who asks, who do you think is a realistic signing to replace Perisic? So let's get into it. First of all, do, do you think Perisic is leaving? And who do you think yeah, is not realistic? Sir, yeah,
4: no, I think he is, and I know you talked about it on my podcast too. Now, I, I agree. It seems he's the gonna be the sacrificial lamb, you know, for the last financial fair play thing. You look too at his age. I think he's 27 or 28. Like this is a good time to cash in. You know, I'm a big fan of his, but you know, look, Inter's finishing sixth with him. They can finish sixth without him. So um, <laughs> I think it, it, may, it may <laughs> makes sense. That, uh, that's a brilliant one. That's the best. Answer that he, you the know, he, he, but you know, they're gonna get a huge <laughs> offer for him. Both Chelsea and Man United like him. You can get those two <laughs> clubs going in a bidding war for him. It makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, we mentioned Bernardeschi and Berardi. I think one of those two is going to replace him. I, I really like what that person says, thinking about Kitabal. To be honest, that would be the guy I'd go. I, I I'd rate him personally higher over those other two. Um, but Inter doesn't seem to be in the mix and it's kinda of surprising because A Inter has a great relationship with Lazio. They bought enough players off them and now they could finally get a really good one off Lazio exactly. and they don't seem to be going after him. So um yeah, so to answer the question, Paddy almost certainly gone. I think Bernardeschi or Berardi will be the one. I think Di Maria they'll definitely kick the tires on him. Um I, I think Inter is going to make a big signing, I think mean, there will be a big name that comes, maybe he's the one, I know Juve is looking at him too, maybe Juve is doing it just to drive up the price for Inter though.
0: Right, um, we have a question from Facebook from Mario Schwab, he asks, do you think Inter has a realistic chance to land Nainggolan, and would this mean that Inter would have to sell Condogbia?"
4: So, um, look, you know, the thing with Nangolan is I don't think he's leaving Roma for any club. That's just my guess. Um, You know, he could have left last year, made big money. Um, I just think he has strong ties to Roma. So I think especially playing for another Serie A team is unlikely. Now, certainly having Sabatini helps if Spalletti comes, which seems the most likely. That would help as well. But my guess is he's not going to leave Roma. But I I don't blame Inter or any club for uh, trying to tempt him to go. But uh, as I'm sitting now today, I don't see that happening.
0: Um, We have a question from Twitter um, from Travis Luck. Do you think Pepe will be more of a Lucio or more of a Vidic if he were to come to Inter? Mm -hmm. (laughs)
4: Um, So yeah, that's a great question. I I think it's unfair to compare him to Vidic. I can see why. Look, you know, older, big-name player arriving on a free transfer, definitely some parallels there, but Pip is still a really, really good defender at the highest level. I think that would be a superb signing for Inter on a free transfer. I don't know which of uh, the guys made a great point on Miranda. Really, really struggling (laughs) now, so... I think he'd be a very good replacement for him. So I'm saying he would definitely, my guess is he'd be a lot more like Lucio. Um,
0: we have a question from Twitter, Phil Di Canto, And this is, uh, given what you've said so far about Gabigol and João Mario, this is the perfect question for you. What do you think the future holds for Gabigol and João Mario at Inter, David? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, look, you know, uh, here's the thing with them is when you, when you buy a player at those huge fees, you know, selling them cheaply is very hard because of the impact it has on your financial statements. And Inter, you know, just getting out of the woodwork with financial fair play uh, wouldn't surprise me. Gabi Gold goes on, goes on loan. I think that's best for everyone. I'd really try to find an ideal situation. I don't even think Inter has to look at it all. We have to get him ready for Serie A. I think Inter has to get him, get his value up no matter what. So if that means sending him back to Brazil or sending him to Spain or a league like that, uh, that's what I would do. Uh, João Mario, I, it wouldn't surprise me that there seems to be a lot of players that Roma and Inter are looking uh, from each other's squad. Wouldn't surprise me if João Mario maybe goes to Roma on a loan with option to buy a deal with a wink-wink deal of Inter getting another player, maybe Banalas or Rudiger. So that would be my guess. It's just not realistic That's to sell them for dirt cheap. So. But I think both will leave it in one in one capacity or the other.
0: That's really interesting, because we got a lot of questions regarding that uh, from Facebook. Sandro Mehic asks us, we don't hear a lot about Manolas anymore. Is that because Spalletti prefers Rudiger? And Samuel Grech says, do you think that Sabatini coming to Inter means that there will be a lot of Roma players coming to Inter?
4: So, yeah, you know, it's interesting that uh, the, the it's an excellent question. It seems, you know, you go back to January and February. Inter, there was so much good momentum with Inter. The Gagliardini, the team was winning, and you're like, oh, okay, we're going to get Ricardo Rodriguez, we're going to get Manolas. Those seem, Those deals all seem to be done, and then now that has really changed. Um, I I think with Manolas, you know, it's an issue that, too, he has a lot of suitors abroad. He keeps saying that he wants to stay at Roma. And, you know, I think Rudiger is really quite good. And if Spalletti comes, uh, if you add him and Pepe, that would be an intriguing duo to me. So, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate for Inter that all that early momentum on the transfer market has kind of faded Um, But, yeah, there's certainly, I think there's going to be a lot of activity between Inter and Roma, and having Sabatini there can only help with that. I mean, he left there on pretty good terms, knows people there, and there's a lot of players that Roma likes on Inter. You know, we mentioned Jaumari, I know they like Murillo as well. So look for a lot of deals between those two clubs.
0: Yeah, I've got a question here. Jeremy Ruby on Facebook asks us, outside of Perisic leaving, what have you heard regarding player, Inter players relieving? Uh, a lot of people want to know about Nagatomo and Ranocchia so they can celebrate, <laughs> I'm guessing.
4: Well, <laughs> well, I think, you know, look, you know, Ranocchia, that is the blueprint for what Inter needs to do with some of their other players, right? I mean, Ranocchia went to the Premier League at Hull City. He really improved his brand. Uh, he could end up going to uh, Watford. The coach uh, from Hull City now is at Watford. He could go there. So he at least reestablished somewhat his value, and then there's going to have to try to do some other deals like that. I know uh, someone mentioned Brazovic, likely gone. I think that's very realistic. Really wouldn't surprise me if he andor Banega go to China, as an example. So those are the other players that are, say, are the most likely to leave.
0: Hmm, interesting. Uh, and before uh, I let you go, Adam Ahmed uh, asks, wants to know, um, do you think Candreva, Candreva should be benched or sold for next season? Do you want to give him a go?
4: So, here's the thing with Kandreva. I um, I think if Spalletti comes and uses kind of his version of the three-five-two and changes it up a little bit, like he's very... Uh, versatile tactically, I think he could be a good fit as kind of the right wing back in a 352, the way Conte, too, has been using him for Italy. So, you know, that's an option. Now, the other thing is look, you know, if Conte wants to bring Candreva to Chelsea, he's tried doing it in the past, and Inter can make back all their money. Might not be the worst to just cut your losses and just say, okay, we get our money back. But it, short of that being the case, I still think Candreva can be um you know revamped with Spalletti I just think he makes a lot of sense in Spalletti's tactics
0: um, just a last question here We from Twitter it's a guy called David Amoyal who's asking us if we've heard anything about <laughs> <of> Perisic leaving <laughs> so great yeah I mean and
4: look Nima you gave a great insight on my podcast on that so I've been getting bombarded on this so maybe I'm going to turn the table on you guys because I hope a lot of the people that ask me about Padisic uh, you know that want to know more about him you know I mentioned the fact that yeah he's got a great work rate but I don't want people to just say, oh, this means he's got no technical quality. He's got plenty. I mean, I think he's actually a really good player, I think most wingers, you know, tend to be a bit inconsistent. That's not something specific to him. So one of the reasons why I asked about Patty Seach is I know a lot of my followers on Twitter want to learn more about him. So if you guys can maybe give me like a brief scouting report that I can share with my followers <laughs> so I can get them off well, my back. <laughs> well, basically,
0: and God knows you, your, your followers, they harass you. I mean, it's like uh, I think it's like uh, you know the, the definition of torture is repetition, and and <laughs> you, you get asked the same question like a million times a day, and it's uh, I feel I feel for you. I, I think you've got the patience of Buddha sometimes. I would just flip out. Um, but basically, for me, Perisic is the perfect Mourinho player and the perfect Conte player. He's a he's a very he's a team player. He's extremely loyal uh, defense, uh, defensively. Helps out. I mean, God knows how many times this season he's saved Ansaldi and Nagatomo on the le- on the left hand side. And also, uh, he he sticks to the game plan. He he's he's a bit wasteful when it comes to, to to chances, but he still gets 11 goals in. And his crossing sometimes is not so good. But if you look at the how the fact that he's had Ansaldi, and he's had Nagatomo to back him up, I think with a decent left back behind him. Uh, i think this, you know he could who can create more space and give him more time in my opinion i think he could really do do great things uh, and and i'm thinking that's why i'm thinking he's more of a psg and more man united thing because he's played in that 352 and he hates it you know he's gone on record saying he does not want to play as a winger in in a in a, a 352 or 343 three. he does not like that at all so 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 i i would say good finisher very loyal team player doesn't create doesn't rock the boat, um, helps out attack, you know, both in defense and attack. And he, he's, a, he's a very pacey player in the sense that I think he's a typical Premier League player. Like, if you saw the game against Udinese yesterday, you see how he slid in for his goal? That's a typical Premier League kind of goal, in my opinion. I think he would be perfect for the Premier League. So, yep. what, what, what do you buy, what do you buy you guys? Eduardo, do you agree with that? Do you have anything to add?
1: Uh, yeah, um, that 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 whole uh, that whole brozo thing, um, I agree with, and uh, yeah, the Parisi thing—that's kind of what annoyed me against for the, for the Udinese game was. Um, I was maybe expecting just more from him throughout the season because I think he's a very good player, not an excellent one, maybe. But uh, the inconsistency from the wingers thing I thought was fascinating. Yeah. I'm just wondering to what extent he—I he's, don't know—he's blown a lot of chances in front of goal. That kind of thing. There are some games in which he can disappear from. Then again, it's irritating that he'll go to the Premier League where he gets good support from a full-back, not Ansaldi you know, and Nagatomo, and they'll break him open. So I'm kind of worrying that he's going to turn into a bit of a Roberto Carlos kind of scenario. That would be very, very angering. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. <laughs>
0: uh, Max, uh, uh, do you have a question for David?
2: Yeah, a lot of Interistia are worried about the full back uh, position when we definitely needed upgrade there. It seems like Mendy's trending towards Man City. Um what can you tell us about Dalbert? I think he's a uh, left back from Nice. Is that a realistic yeah. option for Inter? Yeah,
4: it looks uh, pretty realistic. Like Inter has agreed to terms with him. I, I I haven't seen much of him, so I can't speak to his quality, but I can tell you that a lot of one of my colleagues on the side is from France. He's actually an Inter fan and rates him pretty highly as well. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Inter ends up signing one of the wingbacks that just left City, Sanyao Clichy. Their contract's expired. I hate to say it, but that looks like as a typical oh, Inter signing to go for one of those oh, players. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, that's that's so It's on me having any information on it I'm just going to tell you like the minute I saw that they left I was like oh I there's going to be at some point a leg to enter <laughs> <laughs> shame for Ricardo Rodriguez he would have been a really good signing But he looks headed to Milan so we'll see but uh, everything that I've read of uh, Dalbert uh, at Nice uh, seems like a good signing so hopefully that goes through and I think at this moment there's reason for optimism for that
1: I'd like to latch on to that point. Oh, sorry, sorry.
0: Listen, Mo, do you have a question for David? Because we've overused this time.
1: No, no, I.
3: I, uh, I it was uh, the fullback question that's uh, really what I wanted to ask, but uh, thanks for answering that. I depressed uh... you
4: enough, as is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's our, Sanya, Mr. Yes. <laughs> our Mr. Positivity, David.
0: You broke our Mr. Positivity.
4: When you hear my cliche and
3: Sanya, you want to. Just, uh, oh, my really God. Shut it's it like down.
0: <laughs>
3: thanks a lot. David. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, yeah, thanks a lot, Dave.
0: <laughs> uh, just a question, uh, just quickly, because I'm in love with Gianluca Caprari, and I have been all season. Um, Ian Carr asks us, do you think he'll be loaned out again, or do you think he'll be given at least a, a retiro run by uh, Spalletti?
4: Well, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, bring him in um, during the summer retreat, especially with the new coach, which seems to be Spalletti almost certainly. Uh, After that, you know, I think it depends, you know, what happens with Eder, Gabigol and all that. So um, assuming Gabigol goes on loan, which is almost certain, and maybe Inter decides to cash in on Eder, you know, it makes sense to keep him. I'm just not a fan of having young players on the bench that much. So uh, let's see how things shake out. But well, maybe he impresses Paletti, and they decide to make him, you know, one of the backup, one of the first backup options up front. But on the bright side for Inter, I'm with Nima, and is a very exciting player. I think that's one player that Inter fans can be optimistic for the future.
0: See something positive from David. There you go. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to—I know there's not a rumor in sight about this. This is just something I wanted to ask you when I was a guest in your podcast, but I think I forgot. I I honestly think that not, now today was made official that the former Atletico Bilbao coach, whose name eludes me, is the new Barcelona coach. But I think Valverde, they, yeah, that's the name, Valverde. I I honestly think that Maurizio Sarri would have been the most exciting and the best choice for Barcelona, given the football he plays and the and the mm. and the, the kind of players they have in Barcelona. What do you think about
4: that? Uh, it's a great shout. Um, you know, there's no. I think there's no player, no coach, no one in Serie A that I like more than Sari. I found myself you know, becoming a not-so-closet Napoli fan the past few years. He's great, yeah, and I totally agree. He's the embodiment. Of what Barcelona is all about. My only reservation with him is, especially Inter fans know that he's definitely rough around the edges. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure how. Then that's putting it mildly. And you know, I just don't know how suited his demeanor and personality is for a huge club like Barcelona. Again, you know, he's only been at the top not that long, so he could learn. But at the same time, he's older too. So you know, I'm going to say I would have actually really liked to have seen him at Inter, to be honest. If uh, you know, I know that it was very briefly discussed, but Napoli is going to hold on to him, rightfully so. But I'm with you; I would have loved to see him. At Barca, I'm, I'm just a little concerned, you know, uh, with his demeanor and personality. <laughs> but uh, anyone, you know, Boom. for those that are listening that might not be familiar with Serie A, you're here listening to hear about paddy Seats, so like, definitely watch Napoli. Absolutely worth your time. As, as entertaining football as you're going to see in, in any league, for that matter.
0: They scored 94 goals in the Serie A this season, more than anyone else. I mean, that's just insane. That just says en- yeah. everything. Well, we've taken up so much of your time, and we've tried to get in as many questions as possible. But David, you're one of the most popular guests on our show, and hope next season we'll definitely want to bring you back, and hope you want to come. Uh, thanks so much for coming. Um, before I let you go, uh, could you say your podcast Calcho uh, Calcho Land? What's happening there? Because it's it's a great podcast. And I really recommend it.
4: Thanks. So yeah, you know, I'm trying to do something a little bit different. Like I think you know, if you like my uh, Twitter TL, you'll like it. Like I try to put in a transfer for every league, some PL stuff. I'm trying to get more Premier League fans to get them into Serie so I try to bring them in with the transfer rumors, and hopefully they s- keep listening for Serie so then, you know, we cover Serie yeah, A this summer, we'll do a lot of transfers, and I try to have a lot of different guests, uh, you know, journalists and agents, and we really try to have a conversations on life stories. A lot of the people that follow me you know, are aspiring journalists, people that may want to become agents someday or not. so what I really try to do with the guests is get... Uh, A lot of tips to share with people listening. So if you're interested in those sorts of things, uh, I think you'll enjoy the interview parts of the podcast. So uh, we have a lot more this summer. We'll obviously be focusing a lot on transfers, but I'm hoping to bring in, you know, still a lot of great journalists, agents, and hopefully even players very soon.
0: Oh Well, I know we'll all be looking into it. It's CalchaLand, hashtag CalchaLand, and it's out on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and all those, isn't it?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully some more for, uh, very soon. So, no, it was great to have you on, Neiman. That's why I was thrilled to do your show. Really enjoyed chatting with all you guys. Really great insight. I hope next season you have uh, more exciting things to talk about, and uh, I hope Inter has a great summer Mercato. I think you know a lot of people underestimate Inter constantly on the transfer market. They outspent Juve net of sales significantly last year. I think with Sabatini, there's hope that that money is going to be spent better so um i think there is some uh f- some reasons for optimism for everyone listening
0: and uh thank you so much david i hope you're right and to let you go we're going to let you go with your favorite question right now anything on griezmann bro <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah so we'll see about uh that so I'm going to be uh, writing about it for ESPN <laughs> this week, so great. we'll have
0: well, it there. <laughs> Great. Everyone to check out, because David also writes weekly columns for CalcioMercato.com and ESPN, so you've got to check that out, and also uh, Di English page, which is uh, it's fantastic. If you want to know uh, transfers uh, for Serie A and also Premier League, uh, check it out. Thank you so much for coming on, David. I know Thanks so right, much, guys. It was a pleasure. so, much. so talk to Right you, on, David. Thanks a lot, man.
2: Have a Ciao. great summer,
0: David. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Right, um, let's uh, move on. That was David Amoyal. Um, and uh, I thought we'd... Um, we've got some questions just for us, which I thought we'll, 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 we'll um, reply as well. Um, let's, uh, before we move on to the Moji, Murati, and Frog of the Season, um, let's go... Um, and Hugh Atherley asks us on Facebook, he wants an honest review of strengths and weaknesses um, meaning what kind of players are needed to fill the deficiencies. Max, you want to go for You want to take that one?
2: Well, it starts at the back on the wings for sure. We need to upgrade our fullbacks. Um, anyone who watched uh, really any game this season saw um, individual errors from Nagatomo, individual errors from Ambrosio, individual errors from Ansaldi. That ended up costing us points. So I think you need to start right there. Um, Like I said, I think we missed out on Mendy. He was my first choice left-back. But uh, I've heard positive things about Dalbert, and I think he'd certainly be an upgrade. Um, The midfield, I know David kind of put the kibosh on this, but I'm I'm still dreaming about Nangolan. I think uh, if we got Nangolan, uh, our midfield would be world-class. And then... uh, yeah. Um I tweeted out uh, my uh, my dream uh Mercado, uh team of the uh of the week uh last week and yeah, I mean there, we have a good core. Like Galliardini, Condogbia, Accardi. That's a pretty good Joao Mario. That's a pretty good core to build around. So, I mean it starts at the back. Uh I would love Pepe. Um not the greatest character on the field, but we need more guys like Pepe. Like in the past, we had the Madera- We talked about this, I think, last podcast. We had the Matarazzis, the Cordobas, the, the Samuels. We had the hard men at the back. We had, we had Vieira in the midfield. We had steel and Spine. I think that's what this squad's missing.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, right, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute as well as rip the piss out of something that we like, uh, starting with the frog of the season with Mr. Max
2: DeLuca. I'm going with uh, Milan's decision to throw up Montella in the air and celebrate like madmen for gaining uh, a Europa League spot. That just, that just, I mean, that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm, I've been reading a bunch of articles on, uh, from Milan fans about how Inter are small club mentality. But to me, that's the definition of a small club mentality, given their rich history Um, to celebrate like they won uh, the World Cup by throwing their manager in the air. It was just, I couldn't believe it. Like, when I first Um, saw it it, on the internet, yeah. It
0: was cringeworthy,
2: wasn't it? (laughs) It (laughs) was, that's the perfect (laughs) phrase for it, Nima, cringeworthy. Exactly.
0: I mean, I remember the whole... The whole the, the most il club più titolato al mondo the club with the most titles in the world and they're like celebrating <laughs> <laughs> for finishing
2: fifth
0: I'm sorry it was I just wanted to go hide I, I'm yeah. sorry <laughs> oh, that was bad
2: that wins that wins it for me
0: yeah I think that's brilliant right uh, moving on with Mr Positivity himself Mr Monasar, <laughs> with <laughs> Mrs Moratti of the season.
1: Oh my god, he is beautiful! He is
3: beautiful, yeah I think uh Marathi of the entire season for me has to be Suning. Uh Steven Zhang, Big Papa Zhang. uh, wow. uh I think uh the only reason why we're not uh shooting ourselves right now or like, you know, shoving uh blunt objects in our eyes or something is because we know that it appears now that there is a structure behind this club that knows and has an idea, and has the resources and the will to to move in a in an agreed upon direction with this club. And I think, you know, they throw Montella around because they reach the Europa League. We're behind them. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's all about the project and the trajectory. And like I said, 12 months ago versus 12, versus now, we're a stronger club, better. Better everything except position in the in the table, and the position is going to come as long as you continue uh, moving in the right direction. And again, it's been spearheaded by uh, by Suning, so they're my marathi of the season.
0: I agree with that. I just want to give a, like a tiny little shout out to the Totti celebration yesterday because I think that was just the very definition of why yeah. why, I, why I love the city. Uh, it was it was fantastic. It was beautiful, and uh, to me that was also. But I agree, Suning. Right, moving on to the Grinch myself with the moji of the season. (laughs) Yeah, no, to me, I'm getting sick and tired of this racist shit that keeps on going at the Italian stadiums with what happened to Muntari what happened yesterday at the San Ciro, what happened in, in it, it, it doesn't it doesn't even matter who's who the who the club is anymore it's just this constant racist monkey chance against african players and black players in the city uh that is going to prevent the city uh from ever becoming one of the one of the you know one of the more marketable leagues it it just needs to stop you know grow the fuck up you know and and Learn to behave like a civilized human being. You know, it, it just doesn't belong in, in, in a football. It doesn't belong at, on planet Earth, period. Um, so I'm, for me, it's, the, it's this constant thing with, with the racist chants against Afro, uh, black players uh, in, in, all over Italy in the A. Oh, that's the mojo of the season for me.
2: Well said, Nima. You're
0: right. Yeah, well, you know, hope, hope next season we never have to talk about it again, but I doubt it. Especially when you have a Italian, the president of the Italian FA who <laughs> said some rather interesting things. Um, right, uh, with that, I'd like to thank uh, R- Richard and Antonio who started the pub this season with me and also you guys who, took, uh, who came on later Ron, Max, thank you. Eduardo, Mohamed, thank you so much.
3: Cheers, cheers, cheers. Pleasure.
1: <laughs> really is a pleasure. <laughs>
0: had a great time with you guys and also I want to give a huge shout out to all our guests Mr. Giancarlo Rinaldi Marco Donofrio Gabriel Marcotti Raphael Geller um, Adam Digby uh, David Amoyal um, and there's so many that I can't even remember right now uh, Lorenzo everyone
3: who,
0: Lorenzo <laughs> yeah sorry Lorenzo Betoni um, uh, yeah basically everyone who's been on who's been a, who's, who's been a guest this season uh, ge- given us the the opposite side uh uh, and, and a different perspective. Um, it's been a great pleasure having you on. And above all, I'd like to thank you, everyone who's been listening, for all your comments uh, and and uh, and and uh, questions. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, and if you want, if you want to show us, uh, we would really appreciate it if you wanted to subscribe on iTunes uh, and rate us uh, on, on on there as well. Uh, we'll be back next season uh, at the end of uh, uh, August, September uh, for for that. But until then, we've got some really exciting things at Semprinte going on. We're going to launch a new homepage, and not to mention our uh, extensive Mercato coverage, which has already kind of started today uh, when we're recording this on Monday. But, so check out semprinte.com. Give us a rating and hope you're with us next season when we do Studio Inter again. Until then, my name is Nima Talei Ruzzari and as always, sempre e solo, Forza Inter.